Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the House Divided podcast. Uh, I am Brendan, uh, Big Ten champion Brendan, and with me is Jeremy, the MSU side of this podcast. Uh, how are you, Jeremy? Hey, I'm here to be ninth place Twitter. That is what I'm here to do. <laughs> my role, and uh, I'm ready to ready to do it. Ninth place Twitter, baby. We need to be here. All right, so I wanted to start this show off before we get into the Michigan, Michigan State stuff by addressing the apparent elephant in the room, which is the Big Ten Championship. So I said last week on the show, if Michigan went one and one against Michigan State and Illinois beat Ohio State, I thought it would be fair to just be co-champions. It's not that I've had a change of heart because if I was an Illinois player or if I was an Illinois fan, I would be quite upset at the situation and I would think I'm entitled to being a co-champion. However, after how insufferable Illinois fans were with the Maddie Sissoko situation before all of this and now how insufferable they're being now and Brad Underwood's general existence. Fuck them both. I'm happy this is happening. I hope it drives them all crazy forever. This is, it's nuts. (laughs) The Illinois fans who have just come after like, They've like been saying they should be outright champions. There are people out there being like Illinois. Illinois is the only champion in my book, and that's just a preposterous take. Their athletic director penned an open letter saying that he that Illinois should be champions, despite the fact that on February twenty eighth, when the entire situation was crystal clear, his vote that said that the big 10 champion should be decided by winning percentage. And that really is the nail in the coffin to me. You can't go out and pen this open letter, victimizing yourself when, when you voted for this to happen, when it was clear as day that it was going to happen. February 28th was like 10 days ago. I, 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 I'm, I'm in, I'm interested in your take, but I don't think it's going to be unbiased either because, like I referenced, Illinois Twitter has just been uh, so state game. So here's my thing. Like the, the thing that colors my entire opinion is I don't even know what to put a percentage on it. But so the problem is the loudest crew outside of just being Illinois fans, like the loudest crew among the Illinois fans who say that they should be outright champions or champions are really doing it for one reason. They want to continue to live their MAGA COVID denial lifestyle. Like that's the biggest thing. The biggest, the loudest group of this is the people who say Michigan should have played because COVID isn't real. COVID's not going to hurt an 18 to 22 year old. Uh, you know, like all the, we know all the things, right? We, Everyone who listens to this show is on Twitter and knows some family member who is an anti-mat. Like we all know, um, and and so that just makes it like right there. I just don't care what they have to say because Michigan ran away with the regular season. Uh, 
your athletic director days before your team played Michigan said that you should go by winning percentage. And then he wants to give his, which I mean, fine. You as an athletic director, go out there and write a letter showing support for your athletes. That's the right thing to do. But, uh, but that's about it. You know, like, here's the thing, Illinois, you're becoming a UCF without being any good. Your basketball team is finally relevant for the first time in a decade. Your football team just made the only likable person from your university leave in Lovey Smith, and you replaced it with Burt Bewama. Oh, my God. You're I've... not likable. No one likes you. You have no rival. If we could, we would keep Rutgers and get rid of you. Yep. Okay? And you, all you bring to us is that Dave Rebson had to write a lot about how like Red Grange played football at your university. That's about all you're worth. And Juice Williams was cool that one time. Shut up. Enjoy your fantastic season that we're sure you won't build on because you've never built on any success that you've had before and go back to the cellar. That's, that's the worst part too, is that they've just been so at, it's like they've been Ohio state football fans without the years of success. Like that with their rabidness and their their cockiness, and I I get that you you beat Michigan so, by twenty or whatever, but like, dude, they they gave up ninety one points to Rutgers. So the University of Illinois operates in like the grossest combination of people. You have like Blackhawks fan who just discovered that they exist two months ago, right, and then. You have St. Louis. Several years. But yes. You have, no, I'm talking about Illinois basketball. It just got good again. So now they're really into it. They weren't They weren't into it for years, but now Illinois basketball is good. So they're really into it. And they've always been a lifetime fan. And then you mix it with a little bit of like that Southern Illinois, St. Louis cards. They're just the king of everything feeling. With some Chicago Cubs, everyone should love us feeling. And no one loves you. No one likes you. You're not even, most people prefer Northwestern to you. I don't, because I really don't like either one of you. But people would actually choose Northwestern over you. And you would be the second, like you're the little brother to Northwestern in, in like most of our eyes. So, you know, people forget Kofi Coburn punched a ref last year. You know what the worst part about this is? is we should all just really be enjoying, like, we all really were happy that IO came back because we loved IO last year and it was a bad ending of the year. We didn't get to see him finish. He comes back, they have a great season. They fall a little bit short to a really good Michigan team. Everyone in the league should be liking you. <laughs> they yeah. really should. Your team's fine. Yeah. But you are ruining your team. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into how I think this is all going to play out when we uh, talk about the Big Ten tournament. But, uh, yeah, it's really just a, an unfortunate way, and it it's annoying that this is, you know, if you know me, you know I as fun as a Big Ten tournament title can be, I have always respected and valued a regular season championship in this league much more than a Big Ten tournament title. So it sucks that – my first one uh, in like se- seven years has been 
soured by this, but we will not let it deter because I got to celebrate a Big Ten championship this week. Uh, and that's our transition into uh, what I'm saying was the weirdest yet most expected result going in. Because I think if you talk to a lot of people, it was like, ah, oh, Michigan's going to win the first one, lock up the Big Ten, and then State's going to win at home. And that was true. But the way that the, the games played out with, you know, in that first game, it's just a slugfest for a half until a call on Aaron Henry that I do want to discuss on this podcast, despite how irrelevant it feels now uh, a week later. Um, and then Michigan just blows the door off them. And then it felt like that whole three days between games, like despite what we all said going into it, it kind of felt like everybody expected Michigan to just go in and roll again. And then one of Michigan's most key players, Eli Brooks gets hurt early on and it, Michigan state never really feels in doubt until like a minute left in the game. It, just a, a weird way for it to come to the final result that we kind of expected. I, I predicted a sweep, but um, so I was wrong, but it, a lot of people kind of thought that this would happen. Uh, so, so let's let, give me your general thoughts and then I want to, get into that turning point in game one and talk about that. Yeah. So, so I'll actually disagree on it being a turning point. Well, okay. So it's a pretty good turning point. The bigger one for me was even coming into the second half, MSU started to claw back a little bit and then Hunter Dickinson gets on the floor, saves a rebound, kicks it out, made three. And then that was just the end of the game for rocket Watts. And it was the end of the game for MSU. So that felt like the bigger turning point to me, um, maybe partially because I had to do Wyatt's bedtime during the uh, Aaron Henry foul, so I didn't get as upset about it because I had to catch up on it. Um, but but no, I mean, overall, I think you're right. I mean, we kind of followed the most likely script. If we laid out, you know, how the split going to happen, it would be this way. Um, but I don't think that it went maybe the way everyone thought. Like, I didn't think Michigan really played poorly on Sunday. I think they couldn't hit some shots that they had, but I also thought that was the best defensive performance we've seen out of MSU probably all season. So it was hard for me to tell, like, is this Michigan not hitting their shots or is Franz just struggling with Aaron Henry today? Or is it, you know, um, obviously losing Eli Brooks was important, but I think, I think a little bit, we all probably thought if a split happened, it was because Michigan, after winning the Big Ten, just came out completely flat, no emotion, no anything. And I don't think that was really the case. I just think it a combination of Hunter Dickinson getting into some foul trouble and the best MSU defense we've seen all year earned them the split. Yeah. Um, but that's, Thursday, Michigan was a buzzsaw. That, that's a fair take to me. Um, we'll dive more into because I do have some thoughts on, on the Brooks stuff and um, just how that game played out. But I do want to touch on because this felt like a very unpopular take on Twitter among my MSU friends at the time. And that's completely reasonable because it's heat of the moment, a rivalry game. You're trying to stop Michigan from winning a Big Ten title. I, I didn't have a problem with the Aaron Henry foul call. And as much as it – I didn't feel like it was a turning point either. So I used that when in the lead-up just because so many people narrative-wise have used that as the point that that game escaped 
MSU's fingers, which I agree played a part. You know, they did Michigan extended the lead by, I think, six points in that minute and a half that Aaron Henry had to sit because it was the second foul. And in the end, that play, I'd rather have the outcome be no fouls. But here's the thing. It, and that game was one of the worst officiated games I've seen all year in a year of terrible officiating. That first half, there was a whistle every 45 seconds or something. It was awful. So this just is, oh, this play is a way to sum up my feelings on that entirely. But Franz Wagner didn't foul Aaron Henry on that shot. And Aaron Henry accidentally hits him with an elbow. But here's the thing. If the refs are going to call a foul on Franz for that, I'm, I don't see how, why we're getting all angry for them calling it on Aaron Henry, especially when both teams split, split the free throws. Nobody walked out with an advantage, which is what it should have been in the end. And I, it sucks that it was Aaron Henry's second foul. And that can be seen as like, man, that game really kind of got out of control in that last minute and a half. We didn't have Aaron, but like to see it lauded as like, that is especially in a game where MSU was down by 28 at one point talking and people talking about how that was why it got out of control. That seemed a little bit silly to me. And I really liked your point about the the Dickinson Watts play because I also think that was the turning point for sure. Um, well, and, and I guess it's kind of like in, in relation to that, like you can control Rocket Watts not getting on the floor for a ball, right? Like you can't control a ref's call. So, mm-hmm. so in hindsight, like when you're looking at the game back, you can't control that. You, you can hope it goes better the next time. But also in relation to the Aaron Henry play, here's my issue. I could be just as mad at Bo Borowski or the ref crew for calling that. My bigger issue is I'm sick and goddamn tired of benching Aaron Henry because he has two fouls. He carries this team. The auto bench is what, yeah, the auto bench is what kills your momentum there. There's no rule that Aaron Henry had to go to the bench. There isn't. That was Tom Izzo's decision. There's his internal rule, and the man's a Hall of Famer. So, like, this is a small thing for me to pick at. But that's always driven us crazy on MSU Twitter, especially this season, especially involving Aaron Henry. So, while we could be upset about the call, I think what we can control is, hey, Tom, maybe don't sit Aaron Henry with two fouls because – that is just, especially in a must, like, granted, we had two games. I would be interested to see if that situation happened to Sunday. Would he make the same decision? Like, the must-win game? Because on Thursday, you can say, if this gets out of hand, we have Sunday at home. And so I, I do wonder about that. But part of me was like, I'm, Bo Borowski did what we all thought he would do. He called in the terrible game the way we thought he would. I would like to see as we move through, maybe not so much in the Big Ten tournament, because I don't honestly know how much and we'll get into this and how much we think it really means for either one of our teams. But in the NCAA tournament, Aaron Henry cannot be an auto bench with two fouls. Cannot happen. So, and we've seen it <laughs> too many times this year when he is on the bench for any long stretch, a game that is close can get completely out of hand. So, guys substitute every word of that with hunter dickinson and i am on the exact same age because i mean 
I I am happy for Austin Davis that he got a fifth year, and that is a great turnaround story. But if it is a do-or-die game and there is two minutes left in the first half or three minutes left, or even if there's 17 minutes left in the first half and he picks up his first, you cannot leave Hunter Dickinson out of the game for as long as Juwan has all season if it's a do-or-die game. Um, so thank you for – uh, pushing that point for you guys so I cannot do it because uh, that is a big thing uh, that probably my biggest complaint from Juwan all year and I mean he won today he won Big Ten coach of the year well deserved and mm-hmm. run away I mean there's yeah. no one else deserved that award yeah and so I just I, I that's like my only complaint so I don't want to dwell on it but Man, we got to watch it with uh, auto bench and certain players. Uh, I, I've always hated the auto bench. And, uh, well, it, it's hard, though, in the Big Ten, you know, because at the rate they've called fouls. <laughs> yeah, it is. And and to be fair, like, I think I always saw it more with Beeline than Izzo. I know that was something that I've seen Michigan fans use a lot. But, but also beeline was always such a smaller rotation than Izzo. So for Izzo, when he would do it, we kind of were like, well, we have the depth and the rotation was there. And and we never have struggled in a season like we did this year where one guy went out, the entire team went down. Maybe when Tillman was out last season, um, was it even the closest thing to, to this? But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That was, that was brutal. So I, I, I have a lot of issues with the call per se, but I think like you said, like once, once it all happens and you look at the free throws became a wash, you know, the decision to sit Aaron Henry is what caused that run, not the call itself. Yeah. So, that, that's a good point. Let, let's move on to the second game. And yeah. I want to preface this with, my thoughts do not have to be consistent. I am a normal fan, and nobody has to say that everything I say has to line up and create a cohesive argument because that's hard. I want to – Michigan State earned that second game. and When they punched their ticket, they, they earned it in a fist fight. I also think that – if Eli Brooks doesn't go down, Michigan wins that basketball game. And I I will understand if you look at Eli Brooks' stats, you're going to say, quit dreaming. And I don't even want to talk about the offensive end. But does can I ask you, does Michigan State win this game if Rocket Watts doesn't have the performance he does? No, so I was going to say the two things that – if we're going to take the angle of Eli makes Michigan win from an MSU fan perspective, I think it's basically Rocky Watts can't abuse Mike Smith the way he does with his height advantage. And, and, and that's uh, my point. I, yeah. he doesn't do that against Eli Brooks and, and I no. Michigan state could find a different way to win. And I also don't want to act like I'm, I am making an excuse. Like literally I know I am, but I don't want to act like Michigan played a good game and all that was missing was Eli Brooks because this was one of the first games I have seen where the, the shots, they would get some decent looks and they were looks that they were hitting all year and they just were not falling. And if you want to win basketball games, like a tough one on the road against a bubble team who needs a win, 
you need to hit your shots. And Michigan didn't, and Michigan State earned it. I still think that if if this game goes down to the wire and Eli Brooks is in, they make that adjustment. And I'm sure MSU has a counter, but I'm not sure it's going to be as efficient because Rocket Watts balled out. Yeah. I think it makes it much more of a Aaron Henry v. Franz Wagner matchup, which, you know, we can get into. Like, I don't really care about the too much to get into the discussions of the all Big Ten teams. But, I mean, Franz Wagner was a huge snub on the all-defensive team. for like, It was a problem. Like, everyone complained about it for a reason. So, assuming that Aaron Henry could just work Franz the way he has so many other teams late in the game, probably not the same thing. So, um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, Rocket – I think Rocket was going to have a good game regardless, but I don't think he goes off for what he went off for and consistently go off for the whole game the way he did. If uh, if you have UI in the game, on, that's what I might expect because the height disadvantage alone, and Mike Smith isn't even a strong defender if he had the height to begin with. So, yeah, I, you know. and and I also want to say. State fans shouldn't give a fuck. Like, seriously. I Like, just because I think that Michigan would have won with Eli Brooks, and even if objectively, obviously you can't say that as fact, but even if it was a verifiable fact, Michigan wins this game with Eli Brooks, you shouldn't give a shit because you beat another top five team your third in two weeks. Revel in that, and don't get mad at me for thinking Eli would have changed the game because you're going to make the tournament again. And if you would have asked any of us a month ago, there, there would have been no chance. We would have told you you're, you're high. Like, so, so don't give a shit. Enjoy it. I'm, I, I said it in my drunken celebration on Thursday night after winning the Big Ten. Um, I was telling all my MSU friends that were congratulating me. I was like, I, I hope you guys keep the streak going. And I would have rather it maybe happened a different way, but um, yeah. I, I am happy for all of my friends who you, that you guys get to keep the streak going. So, so just because yeah. something else would have happened, don't don't yell at me, please. Brandon, I feel like you just you annoy fans have got you to where you're just like, I don't want anyone in my mentions right now. Just just leave Brendan alone. <laughs> no, it's it was yeah, it, it was such an interesting game. And um, from an MSU perspective, man, it just the three things I've probably griped about the most all season are Rocket Watts, Joey Hauser, and defense. And all three of them completely had a different game. <laughs> so um, you know, part of me is like, I don't want to be fooled. Like, it, I have a whole season of those three things not going the way I expect under your time ago or expected those players to look this year. Um, but if they could turn a corner, this could be a fun couple of weeks. Uh, maybe you win a game or two and you know, see what happens. So, um, although I, I was listening to the moving screen and, um, so you for sure want want to get on the ten seed line, right? If you're Michigan State, rather than the nine. Yes. Because yes, you don't want the one yeah. seed in the second round. No. No, because Illinois and Michigan are shaping up to be one seeds. So yeah. Which means you'd get Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want either one of those. So like, I'm fine with a ten. Or I even saw a matchup like this somewhere where we were an eleven seed, and it looked it looked juicy from 
Oh yeah. Know, that perspective. Making like a surprise sweet sixteen run. Yep. Are you kidding me? Yep. So um, yeah, no, it was do you have any more Michigan, Michigan State thoughts, or can we transition to Big Ten tournament and what it means? To so I was going to ask you, I mean, it's it's kind of a transition into the Big Ten tournament, but it's about Michigan. Um, you know, you have a season that you have. Uh, you lose three games. Granted, two of them now had Eli Brooks out for at least a portion of the game between the Minnesota loss and the MSU loss. But two of the three losses come in the last three games. Any concern? Like, I mean – Basically, both those games, no one showed up. Like, it wasn't like, hey, Hunter had a bad game, but Franz went off. Like, that can happen. But, like, two out of the three games, kind of no one showed up. I mean, Hunter, when he finally got to play Sunday, you know, got a little bit hot there at the end. Um, but, yeah, any any concern from a Michigan fan perspective on it? Yeah, I, over? I, think I think you're crazy if you're not concerned. I Like, I'm not – there were a lot of Michigan fans who are already saying that the sky is falling and predicting, a, you know, that there's no way they make it to the second weekend. And those people. Oh, need to that's crazy. But I, you, you have to be a little concerned, right? You play two of your worst games of the year in your last week. I think Illinois presented some matchup problems. And I think Michigan State. So something they brought up on uh, the moving screen pod was that Michigan State has invited Ohio State and Illinois into the Breslin Center in the last week, too. And they were all saying the same thing as Juwan Howard after the game. We got out-toughed. We got outplayed. Michigan State, they just dug in, and they beat us. And so it, clearly, Illinois was able to take that and turn it around, Um Ohio State, we have uh, collectively, the state of Michigan has ruined their season because they haven't won since uh, we beat them in Columbus. But um, I, I think it's okay. I'm not worried about that game. The Illinois game, again, there are logical reasons for this. You can clearly see the fire that Brad Underwood has lit under those guys about this whole Big Ten drama. Um, and Michigan just didn't come to play that day. I will agree with you. I think Michigan came to play. I think their mentality is still different if they have to win that game to win the Big Ten title. Um, I'm not saying that makes the difference or not, but I, I think we have to all admit they'd be feeling different, you know. So I, I'm not going to rip them for that. But, it, of course, it's concerning. Uh, and it's equally concerning as we transition into some Big Ten tournament talk that based on some player quotes from availability today, I would give a 95% chance that we don't see Eli Brooks in the Big Ten tournament this week. I like Hunter let it slip that he said, well, we'll miss him. And then he added on if he can't play. Uh, he's still in a boot today. That's been verified. It is two days before their first game and he's still in a boot. So I, I don't know, man. I, I don't feel great. Well, well, the bit, so here's the upside. The Big Ten tournament doesn't really matter. Uh, exactly. And so if he can't play this week and he's good to go next Friday for the first round, I don't give a shit at all. Um, it's just it's going to be – I'm going to be a big ball of anxiety until then. <laughs> yeah, and at least in the – you know, and at least even that first game, it should be a one sixteen. So, you know, hopefully uh, – you have that. I mean, we have Richard Patino going on and Dude. trying to fight through it. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you have a one to sixteen. So yeah, I think I, I agree. You you don't even like some of the MSU teams of recent years where it was, hey, we need to probably at least get to the Big Ten championship to see if we can get to a one seed or are we a two seed? Like, where are we at? That situation. I no, no. You guys have the one locked up. You think you think even if they go out and lose that against the eight nine winner, you, you think the one's locked up? I'd be really shocked to see them slide down because me too. But yeah, especially if it's, I mean, I think I think for that to happen, you'd almost have to have like like who's getting on there is Illinois like does Illinois make a run like then maybe but like I don't know who it just it feels like the the top four are so cemented. I can't really see who's bumping you off because of, because of that loss. Like, I, I don't know. It'd be different it, if Ohio state was on a run right now, cause they were in the conversation, but yeah. Um, I did just think of one more point I wanted to make. And that is about Eli. We've seen what happens to the offense. They, they just look so ugly without Eli. And obviously the presence he is on defense. I, I really think that how they look without Eli Brooks, because obviously Eli Brooks isn't even like an all big 10 player, like in, in any word, he's not a top, top three team uh, or even honorable mention, really. He's a good role player. I really think that just shows you how good of a job Juwan Howard has done this year, because this Roger, this roster is so fragile but they have no guard depth. Like they have Eli Brooks and Mike Smith and that is it. And so it sucks when Eli goes out, but um, I just think it's just a testament completely to the job Juwan has done this year. When you, when something like that happens and you see, uh, see how it falls apart a little bit. Cause this, I mean, we've talked, Michigan wasn't expected to be a big 10 contender this year. We, we had a – when Solzer came on, we, we talked and we were like, ah, ceiling is battling for top four. We said, I don't, I don't know a way that they win the Big Ten title. And they did. So just more credit to Juwan Howard. I just want to give him – I'm going to spend all summer praising Juwan Howard and every, redirecting every Jim Harbaugh conversation to Juwan Howard. Uh, but I just wanted to get that little two cents in real quick because um, I, I do feel that – everything that's happened with the way that Eli has went out just reminded me that this roster has its flaws and it was not supposed to be a fucking one seed. <laughs> no, no, that's pretty shocking. And, uh, and, and with this, this season being still a COVID season, like who knows how this is going to look being in one city and all the weirdness that can come up. Um, you know, so I think it's a fun time to, you know, not even if I was a Michigan fan right now, I wouldn't even be worried about the Big Ten tournament outside of just like no one else get injured. <laughs> um, yeah. So sure. maybe there's a good thing, good thing to only play in one game. It's a, it limits limits your exposure to injury. Um, but I also understand from a Michigan fan perspective, you might want to get on a little bit of a run with losing two out of three. It'd probably be nice to play some good games and get some of that confidence going into the tournament but really i think it's very unimportant and uh, like it'll suck and i'll be really nervous going into the ncaa tournament 
But like I said, single elimination tournaments are crazy and ridiculous, and that's why they're so much fun. But also, you have to have some perspective because Michigan went out and won one of the best conferences in the Ken Palm era. And uh, even if you want to give Illinois the credit and say they split it, I if you would have told me going into the season that we split the Big Ten title, I would have been out of this world happy. Um, so at one point before we get into MSU, and it's kind of a transition for the Big Ten tournament, does either fan base want a third game? I don't think so. I think Michigan, the Michigan fans are like, if we don't have Eli Brooks, it can happen again. And then we lose the season series to Izzo, even when we win the Big Ten championship. And I think MSU fans are out here like, Michigan's going to want revenge. Franz, I saw like Franz is going to feel slighted. Like, but I, I, I don't think either fan base wants any part of a third game. So if you could do us all a favor and lose to Maryland. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you. I want a third game, man. You do? I, I don't see – as an MSU fan, I, I, I got to talk to these people that are worried. I mean, whatever. If Michigan punks us, they punk us. But I want to beat Maryland because, A, fuck Mark Turgeon. That's uh, – and you it, guys are the ones with nothing to lose. So what if you go lose it? Yeah. And, and Maryland punked us. And it's one of those things, like, right now, you got to look at it like, you know, this is the best chance to win a banner. Uh, all you've got to do – is go out and I mean, you've got to win four games in four days in the toughest conference, one of the toughest conferences in the Ken Bomera, as you just said. Uh, but for an MSU perspective, like this is your best chance to win a banner. It kind of feels like, you know, for you and I, Brandon, this might feel a little bit like uh, being a Wolves and Everton fan and then watching our manager maybe like put a, a shit lineup in there for the FA Cup and you're like, I know there's bigger things out there, but this is our best chance to win a trophy. Like, let's just do it. Um, it kind of feels like that. Like, for an MSC fan, this is – I mean, we're probably in the tournament regardless. Go win a banner if you can. I mean, you're there. Just go win. Even Tom Izzo said today, like, it's very likely any team from the Big Ten who's here for the Big Ten tournament is not going home. They're just going to stay in Indy for the NCAA tournament. So – you got to be there anyways. Might as well play some games. And so see if you can get on a run, see if you can hang a banner. Um, you know, and like I said, overall for me, it's not about, I mean, it'd be nice to obviously win the season series over Michigan. That'd be hilarious to, to bring out, but I just really hate Maryland and I want to beat Maryland. They beat the hell out of us. They're the only team in this run that we've had that beat us and they made it look pretty ugly. So I'm all about uh, going out and taking care of business against them. And and then we'll just see what happens in game three, you know, with Michigan and go from there. But uh, yeah, I, I want a third game only because it means we beat Maryland. So. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, I And I've never seen – I want to clarify. When I saw Michigan State fans talking about this, nobody was out here like, man, I hope we fucking lose to Maryland. So we don't have- – <laughs> Like, I, I just saw a lot of people being like, damn, it might get ugly if we got to play Michigan again. But Wait, it certainly could. Yeah, and, and for sure. And I would feel the same way. I'd, I'd feel very conflicted. But, um, but here's the thing. It got ugly once already. Like, yeah, we no, were lucky to get it down to 19 it can't. <laughs> on Thursday night. So, yeah. Um, I, Michigan for sure has more to lose. Because if you go out and lose to Michigan State again, it's going to be like mm-hmm. – Heading into the tournament on back-to-back losses. 
Um, yeah, you lost to your rival again. Like that wouldn't be fun. But and then you know, you know, selection Sunday is going to happen, and App State's going to be on that sixteen line. And oh, that would be hilarious. I, we're going to be all. I want to be all jazzed up. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. Final basketball thought. Did you see Hunter Dickinson's quote today? No, you, you told me one about the Eli Brooks. So I, you know what? I think I saw one across my timeline. This was, was no. it the one involving uh, Illinois. Yeah. So he gets asked, yeah. what do you think about Illinois claiming themselves as Big Ten champions? He's and like, Iowa could. And, he said <laughs> Ohio State could. I guess even Maryland and Northwestern could if you want. Bro, my best case scenario is Michigan goes out. They can beat whoever they got to play Friday without Eli, maybe beat Purdue without Eli. And then he just comes back on Sunday and we get a full on Illinois versus Michigan rematch for the Big Ten, for the true Big Ten champion. And uh, if we could, um, it would be great. Um, I mean, that would be amazing. Like, for that to work out. Happen, but it would be. No. Um, we're gonna we're gonna end up with like an ugly like Wisconsin Purdue game or something that we don't deserve. But uh, uh, okay, so that that is what I wanted yeah. to talk about. Though, is give me a Big Ten fine. Do you have the bracket available to you to see what the final could be? So yeah, your Big Ten championship game, and who is the winner? So, so the Wisconsin one was a joke. I, I think that team's actually playing pretty terribly, and should watch out for Penn State tomorrow. But um, I think I will take Purdue coming out of that side of the bracket. They just feel like the team is like sneaky, really hot right now. Like no one's talking about Purdue, but I feel like they're playing really, really good basketball right now. Um, and. I just don't think enough people have noticed because, like, there was so much focus on Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, and then the Luka Garza show at Iowa. Purdue kind of snuck in as, you know, even passing Ohio State in the standings. And I don't think enough people are paying attention. So I feel like Purdue could get on a run. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't like that other side of the bracket. But I feel like Illinois is really pissed off. (laughs) So I think we're going to get probably a Purdue-Illinois Big Ten championship, but um, I'll say Purdue wins it just because I can't imagine having to deal with more UCF type behavior from uh, from Champaign or Baina. Well, here's the thing. I, so I hate to make it boring, but I'm also predicting Purdue, Illinois. Um, I almost just said UCF. Um, <laughs> that would be the ugliest color matchup in the in the world, by the way. Oh, that would be terrible. Um, Sorry, I was distracted because I was, for the first time in my life, seeing John Beeline on a 4K TV, and I did not realize how old he really was. Um, no, don't say that. You were looking at Richard Pitino surviving one more night. I know. Yeah. He, that uh, man. He that uh, pulled it out. Uh, uh, one more. Come on. We got to keep it going while he's still employed. I, I didn't know that Richard Pitino could pull out. You need to be pretty quick to do that. So. <laughs> Killer reaction time. No. So Purdue, Illinois is the championship game. Uh, and because I'm a pessimistic Michigan fan, I'm going to say Illinois wins it. And uh, it, it'll suck. It'll like taint our title for sure. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, and just for, for everyone listening, we talked to 
off air about our incredibly bad beats and losing streaks right now. So you should definitely not take Purdue or Illinois yourself. <laughs> um, we are head on Minnesota. So hey, it's turning around. <laughs> there you go, Brendan's Brendan with a dub. So okay, um, yeah. I've also got Penn State minus six and a half. So by the time you are listening to this, you'll you'll know if I won that or not. Um, I was just pissed that I couldn't prop bet. Will we have a pandemic breakout due to Nebraska basketball? Because that's basically <laughs> how I see it happening last year. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's for sure. What happened? <laughs> uh, Illinois basketball fans are Nebraska football fans. Oh, God. I don't need to get into any more of this. Instead, let's go to a topic. No, you just you just cue anon me right into like UCF, Scott Frost, UCF, Nebraska. Oh my God, yeah. it's all there, Brendan. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. Oh God. Uh, wow. All right. Well, let's take that transition. Uh, an incredibly fun topic, and move to another fun topic. Uh, Michigan State hockey ended their regular season um I, i'm not gonna say ended their season because because hockey is the stupidest sport ever and we we could see some real shit this week and tournament but um give your preemptive eulogy uh oh my god my weekly bathroom break you know uh yeah Preemptive eulogy. Um, I mean, nothing more made me feel like I wanted to just pull a Mike Shashevsky pretty early and just say like, "This is just wrong. We shouldn't shouldn't be playing during a pandemic. Like, this is irresponsible." Uh, nothing quite makes me want to do that. Like seeing the leading scorer have twelve points in twenty six games. Oh. Yeah, um, there's just not much to like <laughs> about this season. Uh, pretty brutal in terms of offensive output. I will say it didn't quite feel like watching a, a late era Anastas team due to the fact that, like, you know, taking take into account like last week, you know, they don't score against Wisconsin, but both nights shots on goal were pretty close. And then the prior weekend, same with Notre Dame. So like they weren't getting outshot by 30 the way that late era NASA's teams were. But my God, it was that power play made me want to just literally pull out my Anastas jokes for the end of his era of like, can we just turn down the power play? Can we? We don't need to accept this. Uh, it's not going to go well. Um, I I will say, um, despite Michigan being decent on the power play this year, I guarantee you they had a worse like single power play than anything you saw this weekend. Um, and I so I did hear you while I was in there the whole time. I was listening. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't even realize that I. Uh, uh, that, what a terrible way for Lewandowski to finish his career, man. I, oh, my God. 12 that, points, six goals, six assists in 26 games. 
He deserves better. He could have had an Aaron Henry type season if he just had a little bit of support. That's so Michigan basketball. You know, you know what I think? Because the hockey team, <laughs> like Lewandowski, seriously, he is. You could say he's not Aaron Henry level because of the way this season went, but literally he had nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. And also, I have to say that if I'm Taro Hirose's agent, or Patrick Kodarenko's agent, I'm bringing that that stat sheet into the offices of the Hartford Wolfpack or New York Rangers, and I bring that into Jeff Blashill, and I'm just shoving it in his face, like, pay my client more, and look at what he can do, because you take those guys away from Mitch Lewandowski, <laughs> you take those guys away from Mitch Lewandowski, and he just, he's just not a creator. He needed more um the kid has still one of the best shots i've ever seen in college hockey from like such a small guy um he can wire it but he's just not gonna create his own offense he needs people feeding him and he needs people pulling attention away and he just didn't get that this year um but it's gonna be kind of curious like i i look at mitch is he gonna get a pro tryout so here's the thing kind of leads me into my first kind of thought for next season so we had a forward that looked like he might come in, commit to Vermont this week. Um, we're at 12 forwards for next year, and we've carried 15 usually. So, you know, my inclination is uh, just from some, talking to some people and different things, I'd expect at least one portal transfer and a couple of seniors back. And now my thing is, I mean, Mitch – Mitch could definitely play in the AHL. I think he, he could play. What was that? And Ben Van Sumeren skate. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know, he scored not that many less points than a lot of the team this year. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, so, so, my curiosity is if I'm Mitch Lewandowski, I mean – who knows? You know, I, I don't never know like what the financial situation is. Like an AHL paycheck is still an AHL paycheck, right? Um, you only got yeah. so many years on your legs. You only got so many years that you can do this thing. And if you can collect a paycheck, go do it. Um, ride the bus, make some money. I don't see the NHL for him. I think, I think AHL is going to be the ceiling. Um, you know, it's hard for me to look and and see even like a Derek Grant level NHL career for him. You know, if, if Tim Kennedy can't crack the NHL, I, I don't really see Mitch Lewandowski cracking the NHL. So, you know, thinking that there's a couple seniors coming back, kind of curious if Mitch Lewandowski is going to be one of them. And if he does, got to be honest, him with Eric Mittendorf from the Chicago Steel on the same line is, is going to be pretty awesome. So, I think we're going to see a couple seniors, but then again, if it just ends up being, you know, Austin Kamer and Gianluca Estevez, those are just like some depth guys. So glad to have them back. I'm sure they're great guys around the roster, but it, it is curious. Like you imagine, like what if those two seniors that come back are Tommy Apap and Mitch Lewandowski? Well, that's, uh, that's something like then I'm kind of, or Charlie Combs, you know, he already is one year into a grad year. He can come back another year and finish his grad program. Um, cause same thing. I don't, I, I look at Charlie, like he's HL is the ceiling. So it's interesting. I think the off season could get pretty interesting for MSU from a 
our transfer and, and monitoring these seniors, you know, not that we have any high end seniors that are game changers, but because we don't have a high end senior, that kind of makes it interesting of like who might come back. Cause there could be some decent parts that come back. So. Yeah. If you would have told me going into the year that uh, Lewandowski might be back for uh, the COVID super senior year, I would have mm-hmm. told you you were nuts. But when, when 12 points happens, I mean, I, I mean if, you, if, mind. If, he, if he doesn't hate being in school, it really is not a bad option if he knows he has a playmaker coming along next year to go try. Yeah. And I mean, keep in mind, Mitchell Lewandowski put, hit 100 career points last week. So that means that he was an 88-point guy his first three years. Oh, so God, that's, that's a pretty steep drop off. It's almost thirty and, points a year, yeah. And he, he, I know it's a shortened season, but still, that points per game isn't not that much shorter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got twenty six games in. That's not too much shorter. So, you know, it's, so that that's going to be something to watch. I wonder who, because again, it, the only guy on this team who maybe I could see, you know, eventually at some point in their career making an NHL roster is Dennis Sasana or, you know, maybe Drew DeRitter in the right situation, but even him, he's going to battle size. Um, Really honestly, Pierce Charleston behind him probably has a better shot eventually. Um, So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And Dennis Sasana might be gone question mark. He apparently kissed the, uh, he kissed center ice after the game, um, which is typically a senior day type of thing to do. It could just be he. There's plenty of time. Doesn't, he probably just doesn't know. Like that, I always thought about, you know, my favorite MSU player ever is Jeff Petrie. And I always hate that he left after junior year, uh, left after being swept by Michigan in the CCHA playoffs. And was like, I would, would love to have Jeff Petrie have a senior night moment. Um, and Dennis Asana might just be saying, like, I don't know if I'm going to go, but if I'm going to go, I don't want to say I wish I would have like done a senior day type thing. So he just did it. Um, maybe he's back. Maybe he's not. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically just to sum up the end of the season, they scored one goal in four games, set a program record for not scoring in three games. And if you do it by time elapsed, they were 90 seconds short of being four games. Um, oh, that's tough. I, I just hope Drew Ritter's back. Drew Ritter is back next season, even though I think Pete Charleston is good. And uh, I would love to see Eric Mittendorf and Mitch Lewandowski together because that would just be nice to see Mitch go out in a much better way. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless uh, unless MSU pulls off three wins in three days, we are going to have, starting next week, a long time to dissect that offseason and uh, figure out what's going to happen next year. Um, Zero-zero game, Brendan. I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what, um, we're not going to have that luxury with Michigan because you can tell me if I'm crazy, but I'm pretty sure that win Friday night against Minnesota locked them in to the NCAA tournament. They're in. They're yeah. In. Okay. Uh, I think you know, I subscribe to uh, just a little plug. Mike McMahon, who used to work at College Hockey News, has a great newsletter, um, You know, as everyone's doing a newsletter nowadays, but he has a newsletter that's awesome. Um, and I looked at his NCAA projections. He thinks that there's basically nine locks right now, and Michigan was on that list. So 
you know, that's about as good of a source as I think you're going to find <laughs> right now in oh. college hockey. So what I need, uh, I, I think there are a lot too. I, um, I was able to watch the first two periods of that one live and then, uh, had to, from the help of my brother and really most importantly, uh, Yoast built on Twitter was texting me some pretty detailed updates. Uh, thankfully, uh, I was able to live vicariously through them to enjoy the last third period of that win. Um, man, and they come out and I like, let's know they, they win five, two on night one on the road and they go out in night two and they did lose four, uh, two. They're very similar games with the scripts flipped where in the winning team had a good night on special teams and was a little bit better five on five. And um, it was literally like mirrored games. So, and and speaking of mirrored, I I put this in my notes for the big 10 tournament preview, but I don't know if you saw this stat. So we've talked about how Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, congrats to Wisconsin, by the way, on the big 10 title for the regular season. Um, we both, I think, had them like not in first or second this year on the preview. I gotta, I gotta uh, say, Minnesota, Minnesota hockey Twitter needs to be acting like Illinois Twitter, though. They have some gripes, man. Yeah, well, they shouldn't because uh, well, I, I don't need to get into all that because I don't know enough about it. All I know is that because of the schedule and Michigan not playing Penn State or Michigan State, um, we might have had a yep. chance second seed in a normal normal year uh for sure congrats to wisconsin though i mean we made fun of granado for so long and oh boy what what a year for them um but i don't know if you saw this stat michigan wisconsin and minnesota all went four and four against each other in that group of three that and like and that feels seems, like seems accurate though. Yeah, exactly. That feels like a perfect summation of the year. Wisconsin was just better against the teams they're supposed to beat. And uh yep. good for them. And Cole Caulfield and Dylan Holloway are both NHL players playing in college right now. And uh they're gonna have a good shot at making a frozen four this year. So good for them. Um Ooh, Cole Caulfield has a good shot at playing NHL playoff hockey this year. Oh yeah, uh, that dude. That dude can plug into Montreal's lineup tonight. Um, yeah. I wish he was, as someone that maybe has a vested interest in Montreal tonight. But uh, <laughs> they're playing Vancouver. That dude could play it up three. Yeah. Tonight. yeah. That guy. He's unreal. So. so, but back to the Michigan Minnesota series. Um, if you want, uh, if you want an in detail breakdown of this series go listen to the mgo blog hockey cast because alex and david do a great job of breaking down the details of both games and we just don't have the time on this show to do that and i don't have the knowledge to do that so uh go listen to that if you want that but dude this felt they both felt like a ncaa tournament game without the stakes I mean, these are two teams that are probably top six, seven in the country, and uh, they put a hell of a on-ice product out, and um, it's looking likely that they have a rematch on Monday in the Big Ten tournament, 
and uh, I would advise everyone and anyone, even if you're only mildly into hockey, um, there are better chances to get into college hockey, like when the fans are fully there and when you can really feel the environment. But if you're just look, if you're bored on Monday night looking for a pick me up after watching Illinois win a basketball title on Sunday, uh, <laughs> uh, go watch Michigan Minnesota if it happens because that it got yeah. on some good hockey games. And I'm almost mad that we got robbed of another good series of it because of the World Junior because yeah that series just wasn't the same because of that. Um, no. And so I, I would advise you guys to watch that. It was, it was a really good series. Felt like an NCAA tournament game. And by the way, as much of a compliment as that is in basketball, it's an even bigger compliment in hockey because I would say outside of the one tournament game that includes the, uh, I think it's the Atlantic 10 or maybe not the Atlantic 10, but Atlantic hockey. Yeah, the Atlantic Hockey Conference. Outside of that one game that includes their conference winner, though, it's way it's like starting the season in the sweet or starting the tournament in the Sweet Sixteen. So, uh, for for a regular season game to feel like a tournament game is really impressive, and so I would advise to watch it because it was yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be eight thirty Monday, so that should be a, a good matchup, you know. Uh, it should be it, as long as Ohio State or Michigan State doesn't ruin the fun. Like that's an ever <laughs> for me. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not feeling like that's gonna happen. I think uh, I think you guys are gonna move on pretty easily from Ohio State, and I'm not really thinking uh, we have much in the tank for Minnesota. So yeah. All right. Well, then should we just get to the Big Ten tournament preview? Um, I I already mentioned that. Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota go four and four against each other. So I'd say um, outside of those three teams, I think the only surprise winner you could see at the tournament is Notre Dame just due to their style of hockey. Uh, but I'd say this this one's a crapshoot, no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it feels to me, I think we're headed towards, uh, you know, I didn't see much of the Minnesota-Michigan series, so – uh, I may be unkind to how Michigan looked last weekend because I saw a lot of Friday nights <laughs> um, when Minnesota really, I mean, if they don't go 0 for 4 on the power play, I think they're in that game um, probably with a lead going into the third period. So uh, you know, I, I think we're heading towards a Wisconsin-Minnesota final. Um, no slight to Michigan. It's just, oh, no. I, well, I mean, like we said, they're, they're a bunch of top five teams. Like, what do you, yeah. what do you want? And so – and then once we get there, man, I think, man, it's it's probably some recency bias of just seeing Wisconsin last weekend, but I don't really know. Right now, I just think Cole Caulfield could do anything. <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll take Wisconsin to do the double, man. Regular season and tournament champs. Like uh, I gave a ton of shit to Granado. I thought it wasn't working, and you know what? Now he's going to be my whole hope of uh, if Dan Cole can turn things around like Granado, because uh, once he got the talent that he needed, they were fine this year. <laughs> no it, issues. So All he needed was some goaltending and to teach his kids how to play defense. And he got that. And uh, yep. good for them. Um, this is easily Michigan's best shot at a banner this year for hockey. And 
you know, we've talked about since ever since our preseason preview that, you know, you, there's a lot of talent for Michigan to have in one year and you probably want a trophy at some point. And while I think that a, a frozen four appearance, which would be another banner is, is certainly possible. Um, I just feel like this is at least as good of a shot that you're going to have at it. Um, and I, I mean, I'll tell you why. I, I think Michigan and Minnesota were very even on the weekend. And so I feel decent about a rematch. One thing I will note is Michigan this year has been a lot better on night one than in night two in many series. I think the only one that went the other way was when they played Ohio State and lost on night one and uh, won on night two. But uh, out of all the mind-boggling splits and out of all the splits that you're okay with because of who they're against, most of them, they won on night one. And so I feel like you're getting every team fret, like it's your first time playing every team. Obviously, Minnesota's a little bit different. Um, but but I'm going to go for the prediction for the championship. I think it's going to be Wisconsin-Michigan. And I'm just going to go with my gut. I really think Michigan can beat Wisconsin again. They, they did it at Yost less than a month ago, I think. And that was in their first game off of a huge layoff. And so I, I think they certainly have a good shot to do it again. Um, and, and honestly, I just look forward to watching the hockey from this because I wish that the bracket laid out a little bit differently, but with the fact that there's three elite teams instead of four, it really makes it. So you're only going to get a finite amount of really good games. But I think either way, Tuesday night, if you don't have anything going on, you should try and tune into the big 10 championship game, because it's very likely that it's going to be Wisconsin against either Minnesota or Michigan. And that is going to be a really good game probably. Um, And I'll just be optimistic. Hope Michigan gets to hang a banner with all this talent. I've been pretty outspoken that I think that they will probably get a lot of this talent back next year. And as sophomores, they will probably outperform what they did this year, but uh, none of that's a guarantee. So, you know, you, you could lose so many players in so many different ways in hockey. It's so much more unpredictable with uh, year to year roster carryover. So th- this is your best chance to go hang a banner. And I think you got to, I think they can do it. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Well, I'm happy for you to uh, have some hope there and like more than my hope of getting a banner in basketball. So I, I, I think it could absolutely happen. Like I think you could find like Michigan to me has I think they have the goaltender that I would most say like could just get randomly hot. Yeah, um, I think so, so too. I think it, so, you know, a goaltender that can get hot enough to to shut down Minnesota one night, and then you know if you can zero in on really just call up Fields line for Wisconsin and force some depth scoring, see what happens. So, um, yeah, no, I like the chances. Like it, it almost. I mean, I know I just put Minnesota through, but it almost feels like, hey, if Michigan can get past Ohio State, that might be the most dangerous <laughs> game for them because I know they'll feel up for Minnesota-Wisconsin. Uh, it's just like, do they get up for Ohio State 
at Notre Dame's arena with no fans. So yeah. we'll have to see how that goes. But <laughs> And I tell you what, I think that the fact that Ohio State beat them a couple weeks ago may, maybe helps with that, you know? Uh, you know, they say, we're, you know, it, it, if you're going into that game and you're four and all against them, I feel like it might have, have been harder to get up for that. Whereas if Mel can walk into the room on Sunday and say, hey, listen up, they beat you just two, three weeks ago. You, They are slow. They don't have much NHL talent, but they beat you. Don't let it happen again. And I truly, and I, so maybe that's an advantage for them. And then, you know, like I said at the beginning of the segment, this thing is a real crapshoot. I think there are four teams out of seven with a real shot at winning this. Um, even if one of them is a longer shot than the others in Notre Dame, they've won the last two Big Ten tournaments that have been completed. So uh, I know they had a different level of goaltending and NHL talent on those teams, but. Jeff Jackson plays, while it might be the most boring style of hockey to watch, it uh, it can be effective. So, so you know, it, it should be a good one. I think there's six games, and honestly, the, there's only a couple that I won't want to watch, you know. So it, it should be a good show and not a lot of overlap with the basketball, which for once I will praise the Big Ten because they – they did that correctly. Every game is going to be on the Big Ten Network, and I think there will only be one that will overlap with the Big Ten Championship game, and it's Penn State Notre Dame. Although that's going to be interesting due to uh, Penn State yeah. having played in like two months. Yeah, that's going to be uh, and and when they played, not playing great. So no, they have Michigan coming out of their shutdown, or they can look like Michigan State coming out of their shutdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's so sad that uh it's a comparison we can make (laughs) um all right well that is our show i would like to tell all of you that you should be sharing us with your friends (laughs) you should be maybe not should be that's a bit aggressive wording you could share us with your friends you could rate us on iTunes or Spotify or whatever you're listening to. And you could leave a review. And if, for instance, you left us a five-star review, we would read it out on the show. Um, I tweet- It doesn't matter what it says. Just do five stars. Yeah, no. You can it, say whatever you need to say in the review. That's exactly true. And um, I was promised that we'd get canceled for what people were going to leave. And nobody left a review this week. I tweeted it out. I tweeted it out that if you left a five-star review on our show, that we would read it out and nobody left a review. I think our most recent one is from a year ago when our friend Seeds gave us a five-star review uh, praising us. But if you give us a five-star review this week, then you don't need to praise us. You can say whatever you want and you're going to make me read it live on air. Uh, So do that. It could be a Patino joke. That would be on brand. You would love that. Yeah, so uh, speaking of Patino, I got to make an appointment for tomorrow night to watch his last game at Minnesota because there's no way they beat Ohio State. Um, Not letting the money ride, Brendan? Letting the money go? 
Absolutely not. So if you if you're not following along on my Twitter, I am placing a bet on every single Big Ten tournament game this week. Um, I'm one and zero, so I think that's a good omen for me. If I end up in the positive, then I it'll be extremely lucky. <laughs> yeah, you know I, what I'm learning, Brendan, from our our gambling talk before we started this week is that. Uh, you're just really good betting the quick things. You bet NASCAR and you bet Richard Pitino. So you have a brand. 